Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? And welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler, back to record and talk about season four, episode 14, The Moonlighter, which is the first episode of 1974, January 4th. Happy New Year. It's 1974 all of a sudden. Uh, and I had a party, but really everyone was really bummed out until you showed up. <laughs> That's the way I remember it. You should get down on your knees and thank your maker. Uh, it is available on Paramount Plus. Uh, and who is our writer? Or writer? This is uh, uh, the credit for this episode goes to two of uh, basically the, the, the regular staff for season four, Mickey Rose and Phil Mishkin, who were both on staff but had not worked together. So they weren't really a team. Mishkin was uh, an associate producer for season four. Uh, regular of Gary Marshall's throughout the years and went on to do a lot of Matlock actually is where uh, he finished his career out. Although he, according to IMDb is still living. Mickey Rose is, as we've seen, we've seen both of these men before. Uh, Mickey Rose is particularly one of my favorites because he is uh, Woody Allen's childhood friend who co-wrote Woody's first two movies, Bananas and Take the Money and Run. And, uh, contributed an early odd couples script but then became a, a staff writer in season four uh and, and uh didn't do even though he lived until 2013 he uh his credits stop around the uh, mid to late 80s uh did a lot of johnny carson show but two i don't think i've mentioned this before when i've mentioned him but he has two screenplays to his credit that i have never seen have you seen either of the following films ted I wonder who's killing her now. No. 1975 comedy. And uh, Student Bodies. No. Which is kind of a cult comedy about a serial killer in a school uh, that Jerry Belson was also involved in, apparently. So, all right. Well, if you haven't and I haven't, maybe some of our listeners out there have. I haven't heard of them much less seen them the uh, i wonder who's killing her now actually has a rare uh movie appearance by bill comedian bill dana otherwise known as jose jimenez all right so we open on a foghorn playing overlooking a very rickety looking docks area of what is supposed to be new york although i'm not sure that or area exists now or then it looks right it could be anywhere yeah yeah uh, now we're inside a greasy spoon. We see about seven construction workers. Greasy spoon is an old rundown diner. I guess everyone knows that. We see about seven construction workers sitting at tables, eating, looking at menus. The place seems to be called Eats. If you look in the outside really? window, or is that, I don't know if that's the name of it, or that's just what you say if you're hungry and have a diner, but it seems to be called Eats as far as I can tell. Wow. Murner walks in. I did he, not see that sign, or at least I didn't. It's a big it. sign on the window, uh, the one facing stage rear. Is that such a thing, stage rear? Uh, I think stage you're talking front, about up, stage, upstage. Upstage. Up, upstage and downstage. Uh, but we're, in, we're on film, so it's okay. Yeah, I know, but I like to talk to you. In Background, foreground. The play, uh, Murder walks in. She approaches a counter area where there are two men working. One has a big chef's hat on. One has a smaller cook's cap on. Their backs are to us. They're facing a food preparation area. Myrna orders, which sounds horrible, a dish of tapioca and a glass of milk. <laughs> That's disgusting. Well, it's a lot of dairy. Yeah. She, neither of the two men turn around. Myrna waits for one to turn and then says, cookie. She says it again. She says it at, you know, she's asking, she said, cookie. And then she says, Mr. Madison. And Oscar turns around, puts his finger to his mouth and says, shh, while he looks around nervously. And we Ought to be credits. one of the greatest openings on the series, I think. 
You like it. It's like it's rare that an opening is that first of all short, concise, and has such a a, a nice little surprise in it. I like it too, and it does lead you wondering what is happening here. Exactly. It's a cliffhanger. So after the credits, we see Oscar's hat says. Did you see what Oscar's hat says? I hope not. I don't assume not if you can't read the no. sign. No, it I, says, I watch this on a very small screen sometimes. It I says, really try to do better. I think you do that all the time, not sometimes. <laughs> it says shots meets in good taste. Okay, how do you... Uh, oh, shots like S-A-C-H-A-T-Z? S-C-H-O-T-T apostrophe S. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a name. Okay. Yeah, it's like a name. It's like a right. promo giveaway. It's it's right. interesting. Got it. He's got a hat that has a promo on it or something so obscure. Oscar says, Myrna, you're late. She says, it's a rough neighborhood. Oscar asks, were you attacked again? And she says, no, better. I think I'm engaged. The man who gave me his hook. The man gave <laughs> me his hook. And she okay. takes out a hook. I get that. It's a longshoreman joke. Uh, because that's what longshoremen love their it's like hooks important to them and that's what well they give. i just think okay i really i will admit this is not my uh way of life on the docks but um i just remember that famous the climax of on the waterfront is uh, when all the longshoremen have to you have to put when you when you're called when you're show up for a job and you're picked for a job you have to you, you carry your own hook with you oh uh, i've never seen on when the you work when you're like these you know day worker longshoreman you have to come with your own hook for i guess manning the cargo and stuff so i write that up to an on the waterfront reference i i, I buy it oscar says good you can loan your own cargo now so that will reinforces oh, it there you go. uh get out get out your pad will you myrna says mr m you can't hold down two jobs he says yes i can before the graveyard shift comes in here to eat i'll dictate my column to you Myrna asks, why are you doing this? Oscar says, none of your business. Now she's exasperated because of this answer. She leans back on the stool and the back falls off. And she says, if a secretary has to come down to a terrible place every night for a whole week, take dictation sitting on a broken stool in a diner that's on the health department's enemy list, it's her business. Oscar says, okay, somebody give me money. Oh, she's sorry. Oscar says, okay, somebody gave me money to get season tickets to the Yankees. Myrna says, and you bet it on a horse. Oscar says, wouldn't bet somebody else's money on just a horse. I bet it on a horse. A sure thing. Now I got to replace the money fast. Myrna says, who's they? And she bends her nose back. So it's crooked, which is a <laughs> 70s symbol for the mob. And says, the boys. Oscar says, I'm not going to tell you anything else. And don't you tell Felix. Now get out your pad. So at this point, more construction workers come in. One of them says, graveyard shift, you got 10 minutes to eat. That seems like not enough time even to get food prepared. Yeah, that's uh, very fast. Now, the credits Now the credits on this episode are difficult. There's a lot of references to people who are just by their, type, their job or things that are not clear in the show. So it took me a while to figure out who's who. I believe, according to the credits, this guy is played by Sam Nuttall who was Roger Doctor's friend, Charles Parsley, hmm. in Being Divorced, Never Having to Say I Do. But looking at this guy and looking hmm. up Sam Nuttall and looking at pictures and going back to never having being divorced and even showing it to my wife, I don't think this is Sam Nuttall. Now, this is not an IMDb issue. This is an end of the credits issue. This is like listed in the credits of the show. Okay, yes, right. Unlike a previous problem. So it's hard for me to argue against the credits of the show well i certainly didn't he didn't stand out to me as rec recognizing him from the other show but um that guy sam nuttle has a more of a weaselly i yes and, and he this could guy just be is a little a, harder could just be a good actor with a lot of range i also remember that roger doctor's friend had uh facial hair and maybe this guy doesn't uh i don't think he had uh, maybe I can't remember now, which is just a way of saying maybe that's why you didn't recognize. Him. Well, he, no, he's in two episodes. He's in this episode and he's the guy. He's also in the um, when Felix and Oscar are secure, are uh, patrolmen uh, um, neighborhood neighborhood watch. watch. He's in this. He's in one of the scenes okay. on the floor. And I looked him up there and this guy doesn't look like that. 
And I, I try to see, was it somebody else in the credits besides Sam? So you're right. So again, this is not an IMDb problem that they build him in that role. Right. So, so it's again, possible. We've had this issue before where someone was replaced at the last minute. Oh, that's an interesting point. And so, right um, that. so that if, if it's there, if it's wrong, then that would have to be the reason that they never changed the thing. But well, I'll it, look at it again, just to okay. see. I'll, I'll weigh in on whether I think it's. Okay. So uh, Oscar starts to dictate his article. He says, last Sunday, the Texas stadium, not all the violence took place on the field of play. At this point, one of the customers, an African-American says, hey, where's that hamburger I ordered? Oscar gives the guy hamburger. He pours a lot of ketchup on it. And the man says, hey, Mac, leave the ketchup to me. Now, in trying to figure out who Sam Nuttall was, I wasn't going to reference this actor. But there was another actor named Clarence Landry who is listed as truck driver. Sam Nuttall is listed as foreman. Now, the guy who walks in and says, you have 10 minutes to eat, seems like the foreman. Yeah, right. Clarence Landry listed as truck driver. So I thought, well, maybe the guy who says that is truck driver. But Clarence Landry, I t- today, I was he was in an episode of Here's Lucy starring Carol Burnett and Jack Benny called Lucy Meets Carol Burnett. And Clarence Landry is African-American. Mm-hmm. And he plays a tap dancer in that episode. So clearly Clarence Landry is not the white foreman. Mm-hmm. So that's Clarence Landry saying, hey, Mac, leave the ketchup to me. Oscar says, take it. You'll like it. Try it. Now he turns back to Myrna and says, where was I? Myrna reminds him of the last sentence he said about violence. And Oscar continues, because a lot of it took place on the sidelines and in the stands. That a free-for-all so wild, one fan chewed out a large chunk out of the artificial turf. <laughs> Which is a great throwaway detail. <laughs> and another out of a linebacker's sol- soldier pass. Another customer comes in and says to Oscar, hey, Mac, three BLTs to go. Hold the mayo. Oscar nods, but doesn't do anything about this order right away and keeps dictating the article. He says the referee was able to stop the fight but the Cowboys were unable to stop the New York Giants. The guy who ordered the BLT says he's in a hurry. Oscar leans back, yells the order to the cook. Oscar now continues. The lone Dallas touchdown came when Bob Lilly, and before he can finish his sentence, the man with the BLT butts in again. So his name, he was played by Mel Bishop. He was mostly a TV production manager behind the scenes. He worked on Adam 12 and Kojak and Charlie's Angels in Vegas, and then did a lot of TV movies. He's only a part-time actor, but he's on two odd couples. He was the bailiff in my strike in strife in court, the ticket scalper episode. And I, that I confirmed it was this guy because I could look him up. He was also on the Joey Bishop show and Bat Masterson. So ask her after this man says he's in a hurry. We start our first clip. The lone Dallas touchdown came when Bob Lilly oh, Also, I want the meatloaf, fruit salad, two scoops of chocolate ice cream to go. When Bob Lilly intercepted the meatloaf, fruit salad, two scoops of chocolate traveling. <laughs> Three BLTs to go, hold the mayo, meatloaf, fruit salad, two chocolate ice cream traveling, too much ketchup there, and the Dallas Cowboys blocked the veal cutlet. <laughs> and bacon, toast nice and warm, coffee hot and strong. Scramble to it. <laughs> Comes a job at midnight. Where did you learn to do that? Oh, you know, in college. I- <laughs> Worked my way through as a waiter. If I'd known that, I could have saved 5,000 miles of walking. <laughs> Look at that, huh? Oh, uh, prodigal roommate, huh? <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, what? Three nights in a row, you come in after four in the morning. I hear these things. So? Yeah, you're having fun, huh? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Who is she? Who is who? Come on, you can tell me. Tell me. Come on. Who is she? Come on, roomies tell each other everything. I'm 
ain't got nothing to tell you, Rumi. What's she like? Tall, short, thin, fat? I like him fat. Fat girls are surprisingly cheerful. Come on, tell me what she like. No. All right. Don't get so huffy. None of my beeswax. Change the subject. Aren't you going to stir your coffee? Give me any spoon. I forgot a spoon. Oh, goodness gracious. Forgive me. Just a minute. I tell my client to expect them. Well, as soon as the check clears, you know. I gave you cash. I know you gave me cash. They only take checks. Isn't that strange? Well, I said bookkeeping. Leave me alone, will you? You'll get us tickets. Wow, what a nut. I hope when the mayor throws out the first ball, he hits your client on the head. Someone got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. So going back, the, at the end of the greasy spoon scene, Oscar takes the pad, the piece of paper off Myrna's pad that she was writing the article on and tears it up, I guess because she seemed to be confused about what was going on. But I thought she was taking the dictation fine. <laughs> yes. And he, she was just reciting something wrong. Yeah. So I don't know why he ripped that up. Yes. I found that. I guess out of a general frustration with the comical situation here. Can I just say about that, that uh, I'm starting to like this new subgenre or bit, that continuing bit of Oscar dictating his stories to Myrna under distracting yeah. circumstances, right? We just saw that with the, where there was this crosstalk between Oscar, where Felix is trying to tell one story and Oscar's trying to dictate and she's following both of them. And of course here, it's really, it's, I love how she does it. And you know, <laughs> the, someone intercepted the veal cutlet. Was that what yeah. she said? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a really funny bit. So after Felix serves up breakfast, Oscar picks them up like a waiter. That's what he was doing Yes. in the scene. And that's two, where- Two plates on one arm. Right. And that's where uh, Felix was like, how did you know how to do that? And then of course, at the end, Felix has this giant, I'd say it was three <laughs> feet long. I don't know, or more. Yeah, spoon, I think that's right. Yeah, uh, that he has uh, for the prop. So now we have a new scene. We see Myrna walking into Fake Ten Forty Nine Park Avenue. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what did you call it? Fake Ten Forty Nine Park <laughs> Avenue. So you're saying there's another building that's pretending to be Ten Forty Nine. That's that. That's, that's not what I'm saying. That's what's that happening. Your, that's that what's is, happening. That's, okay. No, that's not so mine. Like, I see. So it's I, I that makes sense. It's like recasting an actor, you know, a role. Yes. Like just there's just different different actor. In the it's role. like it's a second Darren or a second Becky or a second Mrs. Vanis. I mean Oscar's mom. Right. Werner rings the bell. Felix says to come in because the door's open. She comes in. She asks if Mr. M is here, and he says he is, and he's washing up. Werner says he brought his column over for him to proofread, and Felix asks why he can't do it the do that at the office, and Werner says not until this afternoon. He has a morning interview with a jockey and she notices the big spoon and says, you had a big breakfast, huh, Mr. Unger? And she does the Myrna walk. <laughs> and Felix says that's for a milk ad I'm doing. And that leads to our second clip. Boy, he's a, he's a busy boy, isn't he? Yeah, busy as a bee. Who is she? Who? The girl he's seeing. Mr. Madison? Yeah. I didn't know he was seeing a girl. Oh, hi, Myrna. What about Felix? Did you wash... Don't you want to proofread your column? Oh, yeah, perfect. That's the way he proofreads his column? He just looks at it. Well, uh, he's got photographic eyes. I've never seen him so tired. I'm worried about his health. Me too. You don't think it's girl trouble, huh? No. Aren't you going to ask me if it's something else? Is it something else? Yeah. Why? I can't tell you. Why not? I gave my word. Where? Good. Good what? 
I promised I wouldn't tell you what, but I didn't say I wouldn't tell you where. 912 Wharf Street. There, what? now you know everything. What do I know? 912 Wharf Street? What? 7 o'clock. Uh, you better eat before you go there. 912 Wharf Street? Sound the docks. 7 o'clock? It'll be dark. I better bring my big spoon. Uh, there is no Wharf Street in Manhattan. Nope. Must, sorry to say. Uh, when Felix asks Oscar if he washed, Oscar shows Felix the front and back of his hands, yeah. which is very A bit funny. that they've never done before, which, uh, but it seems like they play it as if some, this is something that he makes Oscar do all the time. <laughs> and there is, it's very funny, but there's no reason for Felix to say where. Yes, when Myrna right, says right. I gave my word but it's it, it's the confusion that it creates is funny yeah it kind of works when you're watching it the yeah way Randall plays it but yes it's not exactly the response that would come in real life yeah I do have to say <clears throat> that um I better bring my big spoon is one of my favorite lines from the whole series oh wow I enjoy the line too I wouldn't put it up there but I it's funny the way the delivery, I mean, we're kind of, he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, know, he is breaking the fourth wall. to the camera. Yeah, He's yeah. having so much fun. It's a little, yeah. it's a little much, but it's so hilarious the, the way he plays it. And it also justifies that spoon, which, you know, it has, there's a payoff for it sort of in the end. It's, it's at least, you know, it's laying the ground for, for the last bit of the episode that he's doing this photo shoot. But there's really no other reason for him to have a big spoon. And the spoon is the barely, it's not really even used as a joke at the end. <laughs> No, it doesn't. There's no payoff at the end. It allows payoff. a reference to have that yes. last scene exist. That, it doesn't come out of nowhere that he's right. doing a, a photo shoot about a milk cat. But I, I better bring my big spoon is really funny. So now we see the same external shot of the docks that we saw at the beginning of the episode. We are foghorn again. Inside, the diner's empty except for the chef owner who's sitting, looks like he's going over receipts, and Oscar who's back is facing the front door we see felix walk in in his curious george yellow raincoat as usual yeah <laughs> really out of place here he looks around in disgust and he starts to smell something that stinks he goes to the very old school style payphone, which he cleans off with a handkerchief and then he uses the handkerchief to dial the phone he puts his finger like inside the handkerchief rotary before, dial. before he touches the rotary dial phone right while he dials the phone an older couple clearly drunk walk in the man says, happy anniversary. This is where we met. The woman says, let's take the same seats. Now, these are two old time, yep. but key odd couple guest players. Some of the best. The man is Phil Leeds. This is his third and final appearance, final appearance on the show. He was salty, leave the Greyhound to us. And he was cattleman in the pen is mightier. The one who's going to blow the, the, the lid off the upholstery industry. <laughs> yep. the woman is bella brock making her fourth and final appearance she was myrna's aunt in myrna's debut she was one of the furniture buyers in take my furniture please and she was pushover page in the new pushover page. i think she is probably my favorite guest player per, uh recurring guest player is bella brook i think she has the she best is always very funny yeah. yes she has the best every one of those characters is memorable Everyone has a has a has a good line, and she's just. In fact, in fact, I think this is her worst episode because she's not much to do, and playing a drunk is a little bit yeah, no, cop easy. out. But I kind of when I saw them coming together, like I vaguely remembered the bit, but I I didn't remember it was them. And I loved. I, I kind of enjoyed coming up with a fan theory that this is, you know, we really have salty the upholstery guy <laughs> hooking up with pushover page right yeah later in life and they're yeah. both becoming like drunks hanging out at uh you know wharfside bars together so it's just great to see them finally together uh okay so from there after they sit down we'll lead uh to uh we'll play our third clip mr unger seven o'clock and i'm where you said i should be but i don't see oscar <laughs> Places at dinner, filth. <laughs> now, the only people here are a cook, a couple of drunks, and a counterman who looks so cool. <laughs> Oscar! My name is Cookie. 
as you want, sir. I'm sure we're out of it, so why don't you leave and never come back, huh? I couldn't believe my eyes. I was on the phone looking straight at you. I didn't know it was you in a greasy apron. Well, the greasy part, I couldn't believe it. What are you doing here? It's none of your business where you get lost, Felix. I'm not going to get lost. What are you doing here? I was walking down the street. This guy stopped me. He says, what's the capital of Bolivia, right? I hesitated. Three sailors jumped out of an alley. They wrapped me on the head. They threw me in a bag. Next thing I know, I was mixing chicken salad. I don't believe a word of that. Everybody knows the capital of Bolivia is La Paz. You just saved the rap in the head. What are you doing? Sleepwalking? Oscar, what is this? I have total amnesia. Who are you, sir? Waiter! Hey, Cookie, serve the drugs. Yeah, lady, what is it? Oscar, this isn't your element. Let's get out of here. Will you leave? No, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to throw you out. You can't throw me out. I can see that sign. We reserve the right to refuse to serve anyone. Obviously a right which has never been exercised. <laughs> sir, are you referring to my wife? Come on, honey. Let's go someplace where all of the customers ain't such a jerk. What's the beef? What's the beef? This used to be a decent, respectable establishment before you started catering to this weird riffraff and, and jackets and ties. This is what happens when you don't have a cover, George. Oscar, do you enjoy these types? Felix, please do me a favor. Here, sit down, order something to eat. You're gonna get me fired. I'll explain later. I wouldn't drink the water in this place. If you can't tell me what's wrong, who can you tell? All right, I'll tell you. I violated a trust. Somebody gave me some money to buy something, and I gambled it away. Oscar. Oh, he I'm not Oscar. Cookie. Cookie. <laughs> so you're moonlighting to pay off your debt? Yeah. Well, that's admirable, but you can't do this. You're dying of fatigue. You're going to jeopardize your job at the newspaper. I'll loan you the money. Oh, I can't accept a loan from you. Why not? Well, can't tell you that either. Is the person you borrowed the money from a friend? Oh, yeah. Then go to him as a friend and tell him what happened. If he's a friend, he'll understand. But you can't work here. You know, you're absolutely right. And you are my friend. You know the money you gave me to get your client's season tickets for the Yankees? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's the money I gambled away. Thief! What? That's a very funny scene. Uh, a number of observations. First of all, did it strike you as odd when Felix calls Myrna and says, this is Mr. Unger? Uh, no, because she still calls him Mr. Unger. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Even though they are, apparently, she is very in very tight with them socially at home. Yeah, I thought, like it was, <laughs> I thought he would say Felix by this point. Um, the owner, Cook, is played by Carl Lucas. He actually had a pretty good career starting with on Sergeant Bilko, he was Kadowski. I don't watch Bilko, but he was on that full series run. But then he had a lot of smaller parts. He was on a Quincy, and he had a short eight-episode recurring character role on State Elsewhere as Carl, the maintenance man. Uh, I like the uh, I like the way Felix goes. Yes, yes. <laughs> then oh <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, do we really believe that? Mr. Drunk is an off-duty policeman, or is he <laughs> drunk and making it up? I like to think he is, and that's just that's just New York, you know. Right. Uh, or maybe once was. Did you have anything else to say about the scene? Oh yeah. Um, well, speaking of the the boss there, I I I like, but I'm not sure. It, I, maybe it's over my head. The joke of another thief. From now on, I only hire ex-cons. Oh. Is yeah, <laughs> maybe because words, the ex cons, like, you know what you're getting, or you know, yeah, like, right, you're not expecting much, <laughs> something like that. But that's an interesting, I didn't think about the fact that that seems a little conflicted. Uh, I love uh, Phil Leeds, uh, describe you know, when, when he's saying, uh, who this riffraff and jacket and tie, right? Yeah, that's funny, Felix, yeah, his overdressed <laughs> over, uh, yeah. overcoat. Um, it looks like a real dandy in that. I mean, it's it's like a reverse joke, but it's also like almost implying that you know, this weird dandy shows up in a in a greasy spoon. Now, um, oh, the La Paz line, La Paz, yes, which goes back to password, and you know, right. folks expecting everybody to know everything. 
Yes, yes. Um, it's just such a great, you don't expect that as a response to feel no, Oscar's but, story. Uh, right. And, but the joke itself shouldn't uh, o- uh, overshadow, I think, how hilarious Oscar's <laughs> Oscar's yes. response like is this this is really what he's gonna try right <laughs> and and even on top of all that apparently even if he knew La Paz uh that might not have persuaded these men not to hit him on the head well he said actually that's not true he said oh, <laughs> oh. you saved yourself a rap on the head oh okay well yeah I guess because <laughs> Oscar um, didn't know yeah like everyone else does but I love that that's his go-to story uh, to get out of it. And I bet there are people who know that is a fact because of this episode. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Uh, growing up. Yeah. Um, now here's something I, uh, uh, every now and then if I come across a, uh, a little uh, piece of uh, back behind the scenes on an episode, I'd like to share it. Uh, and this is in the Edward Gross's 25th anniversary of Odd Couple Companion where he interviews a lot of the staff about the episodes. And in this one, the director, Frank Buxton, says about this, I think it's this scene, but you can tell me what you think. He says, a great joke was when Oscar takes off his apron and his shirt has the outline of the apron in Greece. Oh, that's coming up. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, oh. that's kind of coming up. And actually, that answers a question I had. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was grease or sweat. So when is I? I thought he. I, I didn't remember watching it. Well, so, but, but maybe I'll tell the story when we get to that. Yeah. Well, so I think it happens here where he takes it off, but the audience and both at when, home, he, when they get home and they get home, okay. it's yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's in the next scene. Yeah. It's really focused in the next yeah. scene, although I think it is visible at the end of this. Well, scene. let me just tell it now, so yeah. that we're set up for it. Um, so yeah, Oscar takes off his apron and the shirt is the outline of the apron in Greece. I always loved saying to the prop guys, could we fix the shirt so it looks like he was in Greece all day and five minutes later they had this wonderful sight gag. All right, well, that goes to our next scene because the next scene, a cab pulls up in front of fake 1049 Park Avenue. Felix opens the door to the apartment. He seems pissed. He says angrily, step in here, young man. And Oscar walks in sheepishly. <laughs> they ba- both take off their coats. This is what I wrote. Oscar's green shirt is smoked in sweat or grease right. in the upper half. The right. audience That's seems it. to get it and they laugh, but I'm not sure what it is. Now I guess we know it's grease. Yeah. Felix says, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Oscar says, Felix, I feel like electric. I feel electric coming on. I'm not in the mood. Okay. Oscar walks into the living room. Felix asks, where does he think he's going? Oscar says his room, but Felix says, you'll come back here. You will sit right there. He points to the couch. Oscar comes back and points to the couch and says, I have to sit there. Felix is right there, just like he used to do with Murray. I love this bit. They, they, they do it, And he did it with Oscar before, too. Like, sit down here. Here. Yes. Oscar sits down again. He's got a sheepish expression again. Felix says, Oscar. But before he can continue, Oscar asks for a beer. Felix says, yes, of course, you get a beer. Oscar says, thank you. Gets up to go to the refrigerator. Felix follows him. And they walk silently to the kitchen, one behind the other, for like, 10 seconds so it's this like extending this bit of you know trying to sit oscar down for a talking to but uh, keeps getting disrupted yeah oscar gets the beer felix is standing in the doorway oscar says excuse me sir felix gets out of the way oscar asks if he has to sit there if felix says he can sit anywhere oscar goes to sit on the arm of the couch but felix says he may not sit there and now we'll play the scene from there oscar what shall i do I'll accept anything but a spanking. <laughs> what do you intend to do? I think I'll go back to the diner. I'll beg for my job back. A couple of weeks, I'll have the money. In two weeks, you'll lose your job on the paper, and you'll be out in the gutter. You'll be on Skid Row, sleeping in a flop house. Not that you'd ever know the difference. Phoenix, <laughs> look, it's the only way I can get money. I don't have a choice. No, 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 you've got a choice. I'll put up the money. You'll pay me back whenever you can. No, please. No. I'm never going to learn not to gamble with other people's money. I've got to pay for my mistake. Oh, no, no, no. You were right when you called me a thief. No. You're not a thief. You're an embezzler. <laughs> Oscar, you're such a silly guy. I'm your friend. I'm your buddy. That's what friends are for, to help each other, to understand each other, to forgive each other, no matter what terrible thing one of them has done to the other. <laughs> Old things in the past, we're just gonna forget it. Not gonna talk about the money anymore. <laughs> you surprised me, Phoenix. I, 
I never dreamed you'd be this understanding. You'd know my power. Uh, come on, come on, come You're on. You're right. I should have come to you from the beginning. Huh? Just don't be afraid to come to me any time. Oh. Thank you, Felix. Good night, buddy. Oh. First, I'll have to buy my client his box seat at Yankee State. So there goes my Christmas in Buffalo with my brother. Send him a card. Back to domestic wines, of course. Better call Gloria. Promised the kids I'd send them to camp next summer. Stay in town, they'll splash around the fire hydrant. They'll understand. They love their Uncle Oscar. I'd rather have the spanking. Uh, there's more continuity there. It's second time with the brother and Buffalo. Yeah. And that episode hasn't even happened. I get the feeling. I wonder if they just kind of ad lib that one day and then they decided, well, why not have an episode in Buffalo? Yeah. Or did they really plan it all along? I don't know. This also still indicates that they really are not flush with money. It still yeah. makes me believe they cannot afford this apartment or living there. And true. That, that- is, uh, surprising and yet it is a a a great part of the a good generator of constant storylines in the show and conflict that they have to do things for money especially oscar yep uh and i enjoy of course you know tony randall's so good at being the guilt creating yes (laughs) martyr after he's been benevolent (laughs) right take basically uh taking it all back Uh, there's an interview where tony randall explicitly says felix is a jewish mother and that he played that up uh and uh this is one of those great instances of that so by the way domestic wines yes you know today that that joke would not fly as much since the but i guess back in the early 70s there was still a stigma especially for wine snobs that is california wines that's my favorite wine of the show though because it's so felix (laughs) and it and And there's a very funny there's a very funny payoff for coming up yes and it's like of all the things to worry about (laughs) that's what he's worried about yeah that's not really going to convince oscar i think but but what about his kids running around the fire (laughs) like in the tenements don't they live in the suburbs (laughs) yeah well we i looks like that way although i don't know yes right i think new rochelle for some reason Felix does, but in the Barnacle episode, I guess, uh, which we just did, you know, he does reference the divorce settlement and his alimony. Uh, yeah, significant. Even saying he pays more alimony than he's even required to. It makes so me that think is, that is his economic. Uh, Do we struggle. think that Gloria has a job? Never, as far as I know, in the series, has never been identified. There's no way we know she had a job in the past. That's oh right, up. right. But there's no. But, Felix supports his entire family in that house and all their stuff uh, on a commercial, on a self-op, self-employed I know he's a good commercial photographer, but still, I I think she has a job. I believe Gloria has a job. It would be totally plausible. Yeah. She seems like someone who would be a career person. But they never, it's funny, they never mentioned it. No. So now we've establishing shot of fake 1049 Park Avenue. Feel so, just- okay, so let me get this straight one more time. So you believe that the role, that there is no San Remo building, but perhaps the, I see the role of 1049 Park Avenue is now being played by someone, a building well, named you keep San Remo. If this is what I believe. <laughs> we know they live at 1049 Park yes. Avenue because yes. they say it yes. and we see it. Yes. The set doesn't Still change. Still in the opening credits. Still in the opening credits. The, they live and in the, the same. Doesn't change. Set doesn't yeah. change. I'm with you there. We know they moved the establishing shot probably because of problems from the real building and they simply filmed it where Tony Randall live. So as Archie Bunker would say, if so fat, so <laughs> this is the fake 1049 Park Avenue. Okay. But you keep asking me as if, well, I kind of like, I was happy living with that complexity and that, you know, uh, uh, duality, it's not complex, but, but uh, I kind of like where you're going with it because I, I like then, we kind of I like using the name San Remo as a kind of like the actor who was playing the role. Okay, you are all right. So the established shot of the San Remo. Felix is at the dining room table. He's putting a camera in a box. Oscar comes in. He's holding his shoulder in a very odd way. Oscar says, I'm glad I caught you before you went. I owe you four hundred dollars, right? 
So four hundred dollars for box seats for the Yankees in nineteen seventy four. How many tickets would that be? Wow. Well, how much did? I don't know, and I don't. I didn't look <laughs> yeah, up. We're but, not going to go into that now. But, I mean, um, it seems like a lot of. But tickets. But four hundred seems like it would be in you know two or three or four thousand today. There's three hundred dollars of it, and he hands him a lot of cash. Felix says, "What? Where'd you get this?" Oscar says, "I hocked a few things." Felix says, "What?" Oscar says, "My saxophone." Felix says, "You don't play the saxophone," and Oscar says, "I know. I just have it for hocking." Felix says, what else did you do? Oscar says, please, Felix, will you? I'm still dizzy from the blood bank. You got any liver? Now, I didn't understand that line, but I looked it up. And I guess liver is a food high in folic acid, which helps create red blood cells. Mm. And therefore, I guess. It's like having iron or something. Right. But I give blood and I don't ever eat anything afterwards to like make up for it. Do you get paid $300 or the 1974 equivalent? No, this is just for like a blood workup (laughs) on myself. I find that more, you know, more implausible than the how much the Yankee season tickets cost is how Oscar's so easily able to raise three hundred. Right, that's true. He says Felix, you donate. Felix says you donated blood. Oscar says wasn't donation. They gave me seven thirty five dollars. Well, let's go through and then we can do the math. Felix says this is blood money. They this is blood money. They walk into Oscar's bedroom. Felix says I feel funny about this. Oscar takes a half bottle of beer from the floor. (laughs) <laughs> and he pours it on the spot where the blood was drawn on his arm. Felix says, what are you doing? Oscar says, sterilizing the wound. Felix says, with beer? Oscar says, it's got alcohol in it. And he shows him the bottle. Felix says, what else did you hawk? Oscar says, my tape recorder and my typewriter. Felix says, oh, Oscar, those are your livelihoods. Oscar says, I can write longhand. I didn't hawk my pencils. So I guess for a, a saxophone, a typewriter, uh, a... Tape recorder and blood, he got $300. I don't know. I kind of felt that's okay. the tape recorder would probably be the most valuable thing uh, because it's electronic. I'm not, I I was never, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, there was no, never any evidence that his typewriter was an electric typewriter. No, I don't think so. No. Although he may be. It's not because he, he, a lot of times he moves it from room to room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not electric, no. Uh, Okay, so there we play a clip right after he says, I didn't hock my pencils. I, I don't feel right. No, no, no. I, I couldn't sleep last night. Had a nightmare that a giant fire hybrid splashed your kids with domestic wine. <laughs> what are you going to do now? I'm going to go back to the diner, work four more days, no. I'll have the other hundred I owe you. No, no, no. I know a better way for you to earn a hundred dollars. You'll work in my studio for a couple of days. Oh, no, I don't want a handout. It's not a handout. I'm doing that big milk layout. I need help. I don't know anything about photography. You don't have to know anything about photography. I need someone for heavy moving and general dirty work and a lot of lifting. My regular girl quit. Don't lift that heavy stuff. I want to earn the money. Then help me. Bring in the other section. You got it. Bring in the bales of hay. Leave it to you to get knee hay. Okay. How does that look? Look at that. Oh, boy. That looks like a real farm. Real farm? Miniature golf grass and a painting by numbers. What's that? All right, now, come here. Look through the camera. Now, what do you see? Hey, that's great. An upside-down farm. That's not all. Remember your mother goose? Hey, did a little. The cat in the fiddle. The cow jumped over the moon. Oh. The little dog laughed to see such sport, and the dish ran away with a spoon. They've got beautiful girls to play those parts. Girls are coming over here? You will not think of them as girls. The minute they walk through that door, they are professional models. You will think of them only as colleagues and co-workers. Now, I want you to distribute these props all over the set. I'll be loading these film holders in the dark room. You got it, buddy. Okay. Hi, girls, uh, colleagues, co-workers. Uh, yeah. Hello, I'm Oscar Madison. We're going to be working together. Are you the Oscar Madison, the sports writer? Well, yes, I am. Oh, I read your column all the time. Oh, oh, so do yeah. I. Is that right? I figure pretty girls love sports. and Well, I'd like to stand around here all day and gab with you, but we got a lot of work to do. Oh, you know? sure, we understand. Oh, where do we change? In there. Your wardrobe's laid out and everything. <laughs> colleagues, colleagues. So I actually thought that farm set was pretty impressive. I thought the painting backdrop was really good. And Oscar insulting he, it. Maybe Felix does make a lot of money. Uh, also, so the, the thing we hear that 
when Felix talks about the moon is that there's a light switch or there's a dial that lowers and raises a fake moon from yes, the ceiling. A, a drop. A drop. Yes, a half moon or quarter moon, I guess. One of those two. Uh, I don't think that switch, though, was there in other episodes. No, I've never. So Felix installs like a slip deck. Yeah. It's been doing this for a few years now. So the three girls who walk in, one of them, the first one who walks in, who talks, is played by Phyllis Davis. And she went on to star in the entire run of Vegas with Robert Yurick as one of his assistants, Beatrice. And I assume you never watched Vegas. There was a show called Vegas. Oh, my God. You've never heard of, of Dan Tanna? Vegas, yes. Robert York. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Robert. Yeah. York. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, three years, 1978 oh, to 1981. Okay. She was, so she had a, you know, uh, she didn't do a lot after that. Well, she did stuff after that, but that was her big break after four years after this. So she was on Vegas. The second girl in the middle is Sheila Layton. Now she doesn't have a lot of credits, 13, but she's on a lot of iconic shows and including a very infamous episode of one of TV's most famous shows. So she was on Man From U.N.C.L.E., Get Smart, Mannix, Marcus Welby. But in the famous episode of Star Trek called Spock's Brain, she is in that episode playing Luma. And yeah, other- I, I did watch Star Trek. Do you remember Spock's Brain? Ago. I do not remember. what. Just tell me what was so infamous about that episode. Uh, it's consi- Well, uh, many. it's infamous for being considered the worst episode of the original Star Trek. There's is some that people- the... Okay. Well, Go ahead. Is that the what? No, I don't. That's not where he has the beard. No, that's Mirror Mirror. That's <laughs> one of the best episodes you were doing okay. Star Trek. Okay. That's where they go into the Mirror Universe. Now, Spock's Braid is an episode where a alien lands, uh, appears on the ship, and steals Spock's brain, and then they have to control Spock with like a, a piece of equipment, like a robot, and they have to go retrieve. Like he's literally his brain is stolen, and yet he's still alive. Yes. So it is, it is, there are some who don't believe it is the worst episode of Star Trek, including myself, but uh, it is famous for being kind of like what people point to when they say, for those who think Star Trek is not cool. Well, it is hardly this actress's fault. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's to be a a feature, you know, someone who sticks (laughs) If you have to choose one to be in, right. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it is notable to have this person who seems like just some random actress you've never seen or heard of to also be in this kind of famous Star Trek episode. Yeah, so it is, is, uh, for better or worse, it's a famous credit. And the third girl is Janice Durkin. She only has five credits to her name, including this one. She was on the shows The Sixth Sense, Circle of Fear, Kojak, and Canon. So I assume that because they are model, they're playing models here in the episode that these actresses backgrounds are basically as model actresses. Yes, that makes sense. Models slash actresses. So then the co- colleagues and co- co-workers come out and related <laughs> in, in costumes related to the scene of the of the set. Uh, there's a dog, a cat, and a and a kind of a woman dressed up as a as a ranch as a cowgirl. One of Somewhat them, scantily clad. Scantily clad. One of them says, we're ready. Oscar says, so am I. For work, I mean. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, he is, it's a good take of uh, Klugman's. It's very funny. Girl said, the girl, one of the girls says, do you do photography too? And he says, well, I dabble. I dabble in photography. It's a <laughs> hobby, you know. He's now trying to be Mr. Sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, they ask, what are they supposed to do? And that leads to our final clip. Well, we're uh, doing the Mother Goose theme. I'm sure you're familiar with that old classic, Hey Diddle Diddle, the cat and the fiddle, you see? Hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we set this up for Mr. Ranga and surprise him? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Mr. Ranga, we're ready. Okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, Well, you did this, huh? Yeah. Very clever. Thank you. Early Andrew sisters. We'll be ready to shoot as soon as Florence gets here. She didn't show up. Yeah, she's in the room across the hall. You go get her. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice job, Oscar. Thank you, Vince. All right, let's break up the Andrews sisters, shall we? All right. Captain Fiddle back there against the railing. Dog right with her. Just a minute. Don't leave this here. Great body, not much of a face. Okay, turn off the overhead. Good hold. Very good. Thank you, girls. That's a wrap for tonight. See you tomorrow. 
Well, you girls would come with us. Oscar, what are you and Felix doing after work tonight? What do you got in mind? Well, we're all going to a party. and thought maybe you'd like to join us. Hey, that's a great idea. You change, I'll tell Felix, okay? okay? okay. Hey, Felix. Our colleagues are turning back into girls tonight. They want us to come and watch. Well, we can't. What do you mean we can't? I've got tickets for the opera. Then I'll go alone. What about Florence? I don't think I can get her a date on such short notice. Oscar, someone's got to stay here overnight with Florence. You didn't tell me that. Of course. You think I'm giving you $100 for one day's work? Well, the cow's got to stay here overnight. Don't stand there in dumb amazement. The nearest barn is in Connecticut. Whenever I work with animals, my regular girl stays. Well, she wouldn't stay with a snake, but that's understood. <laughs> I've got a cot. For me or the cow? I thought you understood. I'm sorry. All right, forget it. I'll finish my job. <clears throat> Look at this. I'm the midnight cowboy. <laughs> Got fewer calories than you. Hi. What are you doing here? I thought you went to the opera. Uh, I thought about you. The opera was Carmen, and when the baritone began to sing the Toreador song, I thought about you and the cow. <laughs> Guess I'm just a soft. Well, don't feel sorry for me. I learned a valuable lesson. What? He who bets on animals sits with animals. <laughs> it's kind of nice, isn't it? Reminds me of my boyhood on my grandmother's farm. Glenville, New York. She had a cow, too, just like yeah. yeah. Her name was Alice. Oh, I loved her. I carry a memento of her to this day. Yeah, what? This belt. so great to me you helped me you know to pay it back and everything i decided to do something for you what i cleaned my room <laughs> no come on So there's a lot of visuals there. Uh, first, when Felix comes out of the dark room, the Oscar has lined up the three girls standing one in front of the other, kind of raised up like an original Andrew Sisters pose yes. would be. Florence is a cow, and it's ridiculous to believe there's a cow <laughs> next door with no owner <sighs> with it. Yeah. In an office alone in New York. Yeah. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah. Also, how could Felix believe Oscar thinks? That he's sitting with a cow overnight when there's no mention of a cow clearly because oscar doesn't think florence is a woman right yeah there's he no... knows about florence in the beginning no but but and also he doesn't even know that he's supposed to be working many more hours than he's yes well i, I was thinking felix had oscar believe thought oscar would know he would sleep overnight with a cow before any of this started Yes, which is impossible because Oscar well, Florence. I don't know what's where. I suppose sleeping with the cow is even worse. But even having to stay in the studio overnight at right, all. Right, right. So there's the, no uh, way Felix should believe that Oscar thinks yeah. any of this. So it's not he like should have warned him. Yes, it's not like Oscar didn't understand. It was or a misspeak or a confusion. Felix simply did not explain yes. what's happening to yes. Oscar. And 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 he at least says it like, well, it's obvious that I have this cow for my photo shoot. That naturally, this cow is going to stay in an office. Right? Building Why would overnight. that be? Yeah, <laughs> with no professional exactly. supervision. Ridiculous. And I'm not even. I'm sure that's illegal. I agree. <laughs> I'm sure, there are many building code violations. And also, what? Where does the cow do it? business exactly i wondered about not, that myself they would not just sit in an office all no night. no it's stupid um, uh, so and i think they're all and the industry and i'm sure uh, people in the television industry who made the show would know this very well but it, 
similar rules would have probably applied to commercial photography that, you know, you have to have like some kind of super, like a trainer or someone. Well, the, the show itself had to follow those rules to get the cow right. on the set. <laughs> exactly. So they would know what the rules are that this yeah. completely violates. So what this is, what I write this off to is that, you know, once they committed to the idea that Oscar had to help Felix's in his studio, that they just said, how can this be as humiliating as possible for Oscar? Uh, or as like silly as possible. What's the silliest kind of photo shoot we can come up with? And they came up with this farm idea. And naturally, if you're doing a farm, you why not have a cow just to make it sillier? But it's not doesn't they don't really get anything else out of it. No, it's it falls a little flat. When Felix asks Oscar to turn off the overhead, he accidentally turns the knob for the moon. And Felix is straddling the moon at that moment, trying to fix some pro- something on the set. So yes. Felix is lifted up off the floor into the there. ceiling. Yeah. Uh, when Oscar says this has fewer calories than you, he's stirring what it looks, we assume is a non-dairy creamer into coffee. Um, is he? Okay. I have, I have always, for some reason, I remember that scene and always assumed it was something else, but are you, you can see he's drinking no. coffee. Uh, well, he's stirring white powder into a mug of something. So oh, really? I, it was powder? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looked like a powdered a non-dairy creamer. I should what really you... watch this on a like a, a normal TV. Yeah, you should. I don't know or or you <laughs> or you're a lot of Why do I watch it on your laptop? Uh yeah, you could do that. That's what I do. I don't watch it on a normal TV. Yeah, I like to be comfortable. I'm comfortable. <laughs> what what are the other options by the way that you Okay, think... for some reason this is going back to when I was a kid watching this. I thought he was having a yogurt like with the spoon. So, you know, and I thought it was the yeah. health joke, like, you know, yogurt was the, now yogurt is of course also dairy. So that would, I realize now that doesn't make sense, but it, it you know, yogurt was healthier than it, ice cream. I could see why you could think it's yogurt. That's not preposterous. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, I looked I'm and surprised. I, I mean, I guess they, it's certainly possible they did, but I, they had non-dairy creamer back then. I think so in the seventies. I'm sure there was some version of it. It must have been all. Well, I think that's. I think that's why he says this is fewer calories than you because yeah, your dairy right. and non-dairy yeah. is. Yeah. That would make sense. You're you're making a logical explanation of the joke here. At the end, when Oscar's cleaned his room, he's standing up straight, as if he's in the army. And we saw this scene. In yes. This is the army's Madison waiting for inspection. That's why the army music starts to play or the military music. And at the end, Felix pulls off the covers of the bed and sees there's a lot of mess under there. So Oscar just- He just hit it away. Yes. And that's when he says cookie. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very slight tag, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's amusing. Um, yeah. I, what I like about it is that it, yeah, as you say, it builds on this, this, uh, this constant background of their army days wherever that was, whenever that was, even though that's inconsistent. One thing that's consistent now is they're both had their time in the army. And it, 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 and what makes, it's it's just a reminder that for men of that generation in 90, early 1970s, so many had that in their background through whether it was World War II or Korea or various, you know, stints of service. Vietnam. Uh, well, you know, the younger, right. We don't have a lot of Vietnam reference in the show, but certainly we're in 1974 now, yeah. So, uh, but I'm thinking, especially for men of that age. Oh, yeah. It was like a common bonding experience that they all had to go through the army. Uh, you mentioned Bilko a lot in this episode. Like, I think the the popularity of the Bilko show was drawing on that shared experience. So, it's kind of interesting that this has unspoken. This is just like a given. Once the music starts, that they're going to do a joke about like uh, do a parody of an uh, army inspection, barracks inspection, revealing. Yeah. Uh... I like this episode. I mean, it's not fantastic, and I don't think there's any truly memorable moments. I, I the, the reveal is good, and the idea of Felix going down. I mean, there's a lot of like fun stuff and interesting stuff, and I like it. I'm not against the episode, but I give it three and a half out of five Murrays because I, I reserve something higher for something a little more memorable. I but I enjoy this episode. You know, I would never not watch it, and I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot too. Uh, but I, I, I think to me, I give it a four. I'd say just because I love the first half so much. But uh, I'll quote to you uh, uh, also from twenty fifth anniversary of Odd Couple Companion, what uh, Mark Rothman says about it, w- w- where he was not one of the 
credited writers of the episode, but was one of the head writers of the, of the season. He said about this episode, a very good first act and no place to go. And that's kind of how it feels to me that uh, once they get, once the secret is out and he has to confess to Felix what he did with the money, then they have to, when they have to come up with a way for him to make them back, the, the solution they come up with doesn't have a lot of payoff to it. Yeah. If you saw the second half, even as a fan, it, I don't know right. that I could remind, remember that it's from the first half or vice yeah, versa. Yeah, right, I'm not yeah. sure I could connect these without context like that's a right. year from like now. The, the, what, well, I, I miss Cookie. You know, it's like, I wish they could have gotten more yeah. mileage. Yeah. That. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, the, I, I, but the first half to me has got so many. I mean, I saw, you, got, you got the cameos from our two favorite uh, spit players. Uh, you got the... Um, Big Spoon, you know, <laughs> favorite of mine. You got some good Myrna jokes. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have any feedback or comments or information you'd like to share, you can email us at 1049pod, 1049pod at gmail.com. And Garrett, I hope that you are prosperous enough not to have to drink domestic wines. Cookie, cookie, cookie.